Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful downtown, roundtown, USA, where the local farmers can definitively say that holy cows make the best hamburgers. Mm, this yes. is yet another edition of God's <laughs> Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and we thank him for his sacrifice on Calvary and look forward to him soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that we will be your mouthpiece today to those who have ears to hear to this generation. We are a voice among many, and we ask that your voice be the only voice that's heard. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, my co-host with the spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is What God Hath Joined Together. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, there's more cows than people in round town, so that's why we have such a righteous area. That's why it's so great to live here. Okay, so it's the cows. It's the cows, the holy cows, yeah. Oh, I get it, the holy cows. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Let's just hope they never revolt. Yeah, There's really. more of them than us. That's right. Well, today we're going to talk about what God hath joined together. And everybody knows that verse. Most of us know that verse because the rest of it goes... Let no man put asunder. And it's usually given in reference to marriage. And the premise is that if you make a covenant, sign the contract of the church and the state, that God has joined you. And therefore, because God have joined you, no man is supposed to break that union. So that's the common interpretation of that scripture. So, we're going to take that scripture in a little bit different vein today and try to explain what God has led us to believe on that topic. The truth is that what God has joined together. And the first thing is that God needs to be the author of whatever covenant you're making. If you're doing the covenant and making the commitment based on the goading and leading of the Holy Spirit, then the second part follows. But if God has not joined you together in the beginning, the second part doesn't necessarily follow at all. If you haven't been joined together by God, it makes no difference what the contract of the natural man says. You are not joined together by God. And really, that's the crux of the issue. And that really became very apparent to me this week as I went through some personal stuff. And I realized that we need to take being joined together in whatever form it takes right. a lot more seriously. Mm -hmm. Because God isn't doing things willy-nilly, absent-mindedly. When he joins you together with another saint, be that for ministry, be that for music, be that for marriage, you got to take it seriously because that is a covenant with God and that should not be put asunder lightly. And in these latter days, 
just like in the first century, it is your heart condition before God that really matters. All sin is first conceived in the heart, and then it has its manifestation in the natural world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when God joins you together with another individual, that is a sacred bond. That is a sacred covenant with God. If God joins you together, say a man and a woman, and you know that, and that's the way you got together, whether or not you have a marriage certificate is immaterial. It's that God has joined you together. That's what makes anything holy. In the Old Testament, the vessels of the temple were holy because they were set apart for God, for his servant. They were still made of brass and gold and silver, just like the utensils in some rich people's house. But what made them different, what made them special, is that they were set apart for God's service. And what makes your relationship special is that God hath joined you together. And it's not limited to marriage. It's unlimited. Whatever God wants to join together, whatever it be, do not put it asunder lightly. And in these latter days, when we are joined together by God's supernatural agency, and we become united in the Spirit, let us not take that lightly. We don't know the future, but God does. And God doesn't do things for no reason. If you're joined together to a woman, you're joined together to a ministry, if you're joined together to go on a mission, give that the importance that it is due in the sight of God. Right. And part of giving it the importance is seeing it through the eyes of God. So many times people feel that God is putting them with someone for whatever reason, and then they use natural-minded thinking to try to make that relationship work. If you recognize that the earth in its current state and humanity in its current state is not in alignment with God's will because we've strayed so far from the Garden of Eden, then you have to believe that when we get realigned to where God is and what God wants to do, it's going to look different than this world. So if God joins you together, you feel a calling to be with someone and they feel a calling to be with you and you know God's blessing is on it, you can't then start applying worldly principles to try to make it work. You also can't start applying worldly reasoning to how it's going to work. Because the plans that God has are greater than ours, and his thoughts are higher than ours. His understanding and his wisdom is higher than ours. And when we get into that new alignment of God, things are going to start looking really, really different. And the biggest part of that is our relationship with other people. There may be people in your life that have been in your life your entire life. And when God aligns you and you say, I want all of you, God, and what you have for me, and you get on that aligned path, some people may exit your life either by God's choice or by their choice. And being with the people that God wants you to be with is going to take you further down that path, but it's going to be radically different. God doesn't do things the way that the world does things. So we can't think that any of our relationships are going to follow the same pattern. When you have a connection specifically between a male and a female, people automatically have to put a label on it. Well, there's six different categories that could fall into. It's got to be one of these types of relationships. But no, what if it is just a spiritual connection that God has given because he's uniting your two spirits for a purpose, for whatever the purpose may be. It may just be for ministry. It may be just to pray for each other. It may be for encouragement. It may be for marriage. It needs to be led by God's spirit. And when God joins something together, he is the only one that has authority to tear it apart. 
And I believe when he puts you together with someone, if you're both submitted to the will of God, not perfectly, but increasingly, and your heart is in a place where you want to do what God wants you to do, he won't tear that apart. I believe the only time he would ever pull apart something that he has joined together is if one or the other people is not obeying what God wants to do and they start to stray. And after reaching out and reaching out and giving them grace, if a person says, no, I don't want this, he will release the other person. Paul talks about that. That fits into that category, I believe, of an unbeliever. I don't want this anymore. And if they leave, then Paul says, even in scripture, that you're not bound anymore. Then God may release that. But if man joins you together, there is no bond. There's maybe a legal document that says something. But when we get our hearts aligned with God, if God wants to change anything in our life, any relationship in our life, he gets to do that. God is sovereign, and that means he gets to make our choices for us when we submit to him. And if he puts us someplace with certain people, we yield to that, we submit to God in that, and we do our best to make sure that we are staying in alignment with what God wants. And being like Jesus said, the farmer that put his hand to the plow and then turned around and looked back, that makes you not worthy of what God has done according to what Jesus said. We have to recognize that God's calling on our lives is really, really important. And relationships specifically with the people that God says, I want you with that person for this purpose is really, really important. It's a sacred union. And it's not anything that can be taken lightly. It's not anything that can be messed with. It's not anything where you think, oh, there's an option. If it doesn't work out in two years, I'm not happy. Then I'll just go someplace else. It's a submission to God. And there's an amazing blessing in that, but it's a sovereign, sacred union when God puts you with someone. As I look back on my life and I see all the weird things that God did with me, now they didn't feel weird, but if people saw me doing them and knew what I was doing, they said, man, that's really strange. But I took what God did seriously and I stayed with the people that God told me to stay with because the Spirit had united me with them. We are coming into a time, an age, it's the end of the age actually, where the visible church that we know and have come to expect of Christianity is going to dissolve. You're not going to go to structured meetings anymore. You're not going to go to big camp meetings or you're not going to go to big Christian concerts that's going to be a thing of the past. And what God is going to replace that with is spiritual connection. A body of Christ ordered by his spirit according to his will, which is a far cry from what it is right now. We now go to mostly a church of convenience because it's easy to drive to. Or we've grown up in a certain denomination. It's what we know from our parents and why change it? And the trouble with that is that the body of Christ needs to be structured along the lines of what God knows will work, not just because they live next to each other, not just because they believe a certain set of doctrinal principles. We are seeing the deconstruction of established church order. And what is going to replace that is a Holy Spirit-led group of people that move according to what God wants to do. And we congregate according to where God wants us to be. And it's all a spiritual thing. It's not anybody sitting down and says, well, you know, you should go here. The Mormon church goes so far as to demand that you go to a certain ward based on your 
location. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you are on one side of the town and you want to go to the church on the other side of the town. You can't do that, Mm -hmm. according to what I understand, or they don't want you to do it. They want you to be with the people that you live with. And that's their dogma. And we're coming into a time where God is going to associate us through spiritual connections of the Holy Spirit. It'll be men, it'll be women, it'll be people for all different reasons, for ministry, for their work, for their interpersonal relationships, be it friends or or lovers. or It's all going to be top down from heaven to individuals that will be with other individuals because the Holy Spirit led them to do that. This means that there's no central authority to attack. Mm. There's no group of people that you can point to that go to a certain building at a certain time in the week. People will gather together based on what they feel led to do that day. And you won't be able to track them because you don't have access to the Holy Spirit. In fact, the only way you'll know there's going to be church is that God says, I want you to go here today. Now, this is very different than what we're used to doing, but it's the only kind of ecclesia, it's the only kind of called out ones, it's the only kind of church that will work in the latter days because there's going to be persecution, there's going to be rabid dislike and vicious attacks upon Christians, even in America. This is coming. I mean, everybody and their brother has said it, but it's really here. It can change overnight. And this is why we are asking you from God's Love Club to begin to know the voice of God yourself. So that if you have access, not even to a Bible, you can hear from your Heavenly Father and do His will through hearing His voice, just like any good sheep of God should do. It's like a broken record. I can't get off the message. (laughs) But it's true. I came to Roundtown because God told me to be here. And at the time, it didn't seem like the best move. But as I came here and I submitted to his will, then immediately he connected to me to another person in Africa. (laughs) And so I went there and I started doing stuff there. And I did that for a while. And then... I came back, and then God connected me to another person, and then to another person. And they weren't my neighbors. They were people from vastly different locations in the world. Why? Because God's wisdom says that I need to be connected to them. And I've realized lately that I need to take that so seriously. God did not connect me to people to leave them in the dust. They don't act right all the time, neither do I. But that never is intended to break the spiritual connection. You go the distance. You take it seriously. A lot hinges on your obedience. I remember with the person in Africa, incredible things hinged on my obedience to the Word of God. Mm. And it was tough. It was so discouraging. I remember one time I was just crying out to God and, I just wondered, God, do you hear me? And there's a knock on the door. And I went over to the door, and there's this little old lady. She was probably all of five foot. <laughs> and she just walked into my house. Didn't even ask me. I didn't know who she was. She just sat there. I says, hi, how are you? And she just sat there. 
I figured, okay, after a while, she probably doesn't speak my language. So I got somebody to interpret. And the lady said, God sent me here to talk to you. And she proceeded to tell me everything that I had just prayed. Wow. And she said, God is with you. Then she left. And later I tried to find her and somebody told me she was a member of the Catholic Church. Hmm. Not even of a nomination I would assume that had that kind of spirituality, you know, but she did. And I needed to know that. And she needed to do that at that time. Yeah. So it's very difficult, but you got to stay the course. If God calls you to be connected to somebody, you need to be connected with them no matter what. Mm -hmm. You do not need to be sanctioned by the church. You do not need to be sanctioned by your families. You do not need to be sanctioned by the government. All you need is for God to join you together. That is the only thing that matters. I cannot emphasize how important it is for you to be joined with the mate of God's design. If you want to do God's will in this earth, you have to allow him to choose your mate. The woman that he wants to give you, the man that he wants you to join with, will make a fundamental difference in your life. It'll often be the decision that determines whether you are actually useful to God or whether you are just barely surviving for the next 40 years. And you have to take it seriously. What God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. In the New Testament, it talks about how we are a body together of Christ, with him as our head. And Paul gives the analogy of the hand being able to say to the eye, I don't need you. But if you think about that analogy, if you are created to be a thumb, and you've been living your life around legs your entire life, there's no place for you. You can't really put an opposable thumb on a foot. Humans don't work that way. You can't put it on the knee. You can't put it on the thigh. You don't function very well if you're not with the hand. Also, if you're created to be a thumb and you're not with the hand that God wants you to be with, that hand only has four fingers. It's very difficult to do things with your hand without your thumb. You can only get so much done. It's very important that you do what God tells you to do. So if God is calling you as a thumb to move from the south of the legs, move up north to be with the hands, you need to do that if God is calling you to that. Knowing that God joined you with those people, you will have a place. They will want you and need you, and you will fill a gap that nobody can fill. And they will meet for you needs that nobody else could fill. And together, you can do a whole lot more than you could do separately. But sometimes we just get stuck and we say, well, I've always lived on the legs. I don't want to move from the legs. It's nice down here. It's squishy on the thighs and it's comfortable and I don't really want to go anyplace else. But you're not living up to your fullest, nor can God use you or the other people that you're called to be with to the fullest. And you're not becoming what he wants you to be and you're not accomplishing his will on earth in the greatest way. And it's interesting because sometimes some people will know more or sooner than another if there's a connection between the two of them. But most often when it is a spiritual connection, when you first meet that person, you know. Yeah, when you exactly. make eye contact with that person, you know there's something about that person. It's almost like you've known them from some other place, some other time. So when you recognize that, when you feel that calling of God and the other person is feeling that call to be together, there is a responsibility to go to the hand and be the thumb that the hand needs. 
The hand needs you to be there and you need the hand. You need the other fingers to do what you're meant to do. And it's a sacred calling. It's very important that we take up the role that God has for us to take up, that we do the calling and the requirements on our lives that God has given us because there's a lot he wants to get done on the earth and his chosen way is to work through his people. And we can't just decide, you know, I really don't like living on the hands. I'm a lot more exposed to the cold than I was when I was living with the legs. I have a lot more work that I have to do than when I was just hanging out on the leg. And so I really don't think I want this. I just want to go back. We have free will. We have that choice. But we are violating a very sacred thing when we do that. We're violating the very call of God on our lives, not just for us, but for him and for the other people that we're supposed to be connected to. It's a very sacred thing. And it's not to be taken lightly. I know in my experience with spiritual connection, it was a definite call by God every time. And it was something that God put a lot of serious impact in my life about. And anytime I would get to a point where I wouldn't treat the person the way I was supposed to, or I wouldn't respond to things or prioritize the relationship the way that I was supposed to, or pray when I was supposed to pray, there would be a lot of conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because to God, joining you with the person in a powerful spiritual connection, there's a purpose and a reason for it. It's not just a nonchalant thing to say, oh, this is pretty cool. I can feel what they feel and that you can feel what I feel. This is a really neat thing. There's a purpose for all of it. Amen. And it's a sacred calling. And it's not something any of us can take lightly. And not following up with where God is leading you in relation to another person for whatever reason has really bad effects. It's detrimental not just to you, but to other people and the domino effect that that relationship can have. When you get down to the bottom of it, and I'm going to talk to you girls, you guys who are thinking about getting married or even dating, you know, what the devil is doing is messing up God's plan in a very fundamental way. Society has forced people to be together who should not be together. And they are trapped in Marriages trapped in traditions, trapped in societal taboos that won't let them do what God wants them to do. Therefore, the children that God wants to be born aren't born. We don't see God because we refuse to open our eyes. We will not look at what's really going on. People get divorced because they make foolish vows. Children that God wants to be born are called bastards because people were forced by the Holy Spirit to get together, even though it went against society. I was born of a union of a man and woman who got together so powerfully they did so, and I was illegitimate. I was one of those children that God forced to be because he wanted me to do his will on earth. There's a lot of us out there like that. We were born out of wedlock. We were born in circumstances that were just terrible. We had to fight and claw our way up into God consciousness and salvation. You know, we, we want to put it all in a nice box and put a bow around it and tie it pretty. But we can't do that in this world because this world is against God. Mm-hmm. The way the world does it is hypocritical. It's wrong. You don't allow God to do what God wants you to do. They have the big wedding. They have the white dress, you know, and she slept with 15 different guys before she got there. 
But because that day she has a white dress in front of a priest, everything's okay. Everything's good. God has to honor what they're doing, no matter whether he gave his consent or not. You know, it's traditional to go get the consent of the father before you marry his daughter. But for many people, that's the very last thing they do. They don't consult God. They just assume, well, I want to, so God's going to bless it. Nothing can be farther from the truth. If you don't do God's will, if you don't have God join you together, it means nothing before God. You have an earthly contract. You have a legal arrangement, but you don't have a divine marriage. And the divine marriage is what is important, not just for the procreation of children, but for the procreation of everything that God wants to do between the two of you. And the fullness of life that you experience by being with the person that God wants you to be with. I've known a pastor who was asked to marry two or three different couples, and he knew in his heart and spirit that he should not. But because they were dead set on it, he went ahead and did it. And in retrospect, he looked back, one couple was still married for a long time, had several kids and were miserable, just fighting all the time. One couple only lasted for about three months and then they got divorced. It's not the action of coming before a pastor or a priest and making vows and signing on a document that makes you married. What God desires is the way he created Adam and Eve. He created Adam. He said, it's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to create a helper for him. He created Eve, who was the perfect helper, brought them together. She was created out of his rib, and they were brought together to be what God wanted them to be together. They were better together than they were individually. But that doesn't happen with every man and every woman. That only happens when God puts you with the person that God wants you to be with. Then you are the full person that you are supposed to be. And that goes for every spiritual connection that God puts together for whatever purposes. If you are going to be ministering with someone, going on an evangelism tour or something, and God has put you with a particular person, there's a reason for that connection. And it needs to be taken seriously. If you have a dislike of something, if you have a confrontation about something, it needs to be handled very seriously and dealt with as if it's something sacred, because it is. Relationships these days, especially in the Western world, are taken very, very flippantly. God's calling of holiness and his calling of morality is higher than what we see in this world. And when he calls you to be with someone, it is a calling on your life. It is a powerful union. And when we submit to that and allow God to do it and say, okay, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know how this is going to work. It's scary because it might cost me something if I do this relationship. When we yield to it and do what God asks us to do, it's a very, very, very blessed situation for you and the other person and the ministry that comes out of you. It's a sacred calling and a sacred responsibility, and it's not to be taken lightly. Yeah, it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. You know, had I listened to what other people said to me, I would have taken a very different path. And it would have been the wrong path. And I don't know what I would have ended up. In order for God to accomplish what he wanted to do with me, he had to make me a byword in the land. He had to make me an object of ridicule from other Christians. I was forcibly put out of the church twice. They disagreed with what God was saying to me. And I remember the pastor getting up and saying how he was so persecuted for saying there could be 13 or more apostles because they were so sure in his church there were only 12 Mm. apostles. And his big cross to bear was saying, well, 
Paul was an apostle too, so there's 13. I mean, something is very obvious to anybody today. And likewise, I did that with my church. So I said, you know, God's doing a move of the Spirit, and he's rearranging the church. He's lining the church up how he wants. Mm -hmm. And I came to realize that God was rearranging his church because his church was not set up the way he wanted. And the fundamental thing is that if your relationship with your spouse is off kilter, nothing else Every, in your yeah, life... Everything in your life will yeah, be on nothing, a bad trajectory. Nothing else in your life is good. Mm-hmm. It affects everywhere. So God's saying, look it, I want to get something done, so I'm just going to break up the bad marriages and put them together with the people I want through my spirit. And fundamentally, that's what God's going to do worldwide. People think the move of God that's coming is kumbaya and getting together and holding hands and all believing one doctrine. No, it's a rearranging of his church so that it reflects his image. And right now, we can't reflect his image Mm -hmm. because we're so busy merely surviving in so many marriages that are not good. And so one of the things he's going to do when he comes back to his church, he's just going to rearrange it. He's going to drive out that which is not of himself. And if you're going to stay in his temple, you're going to get in line with his will. And that's what's happening. You know, the church is not going to be visible anymore. It is going to crumble because this is a bridge too far. They can't accept that their holy matrimony is in fact diabolical bondage. Can't go there. But that's exactly what it is in a vast amount of marriages. And nobody wants to say it because it's tantamount to saying the emperor has no clothes. How dare you state the obvious? How dare you state the truth? How dare you question us who know the scriptures so much more than you? And it's really not unlike God's nature to do that. He's done that all throughout history. Even when Jesus was on earth, he, not out of anger, but out of a very calm, preconceived idea, went in, braided a whip, and went in and drove the money changers out of the temple. Why? Because they weren't supposed to be there. That's not what God called them to do. Now, to a lot of them, it was probably shocking because they had grown up in that. For for centuries, their fathers and forefathers and forefathers had done that. That's what we do. I don't have a bird. Well, that's okay. They'll be selling it at the temple when you go to this temple, but I'll have to pay more for it. It's okay. Yeah. That's what they thought was okay. They were doing something for God. They were selling animals that people could buy so they could go in and sacrifice them to God. I thought it was a good thing. When Jesus came, he saw it from God's perspective and he drove them out and he did it not in a easy, gentle way. He didn't put a little note on everybody's station saying, by this time tomorrow, I would like you to leave. He had a whip to drive them out. You cannot be here. This is my father's house. And what he intended for it was this, and you're not doing it right. Why do we think that we as Christians are above that kind of discipline from Jesus? What if he walked into your church and started whipping things around and saying, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. Would you be willing to line up with what he said? Better yet, I don't want to be one of those people, like the people in the temple that were just so caught up in what people had taught me and what people had done for generations that I was missing what God was really doing. Right. We have a beautiful 
opportunity now to hear God personally for ourselves. And if we'll submit ourselves to what God says, and a lot of times that takes just coming to him with a completely blank slate, I'm going to give all my preconceived notions to you and you tell me your will for me and listen to what he says. And if you get shocked, don't freak out. Just say, okay, God, help me accept, but show me what you want for me. Because I don't want to be one of those people that was completely oblivious to what God was really doing. I want to be in sync with God. But that means that a lot of things in my life might need to be rearranged and had to be rearranged. And mm. if God's willing to come to you and you're willing to accept him to come to your life and rearrange your room, clean out your room and get rid of your favorite furniture and put new stuff in, you're going to end up where you need to be. And that's where God wants you. It's really important to God. And being with the people that God wants you to be is a huge part of that. It's a sacred calling for God's benefit, but also for yours. Your tremendous blessing awaits. The reason I have the perspective on things I do is because I did allow God to join me together, and I did not put them asunder. And so for many years, I've walked with the people that God actually wanted me to be with. And it allowed me to do the things that God showed me to do, because the people that were with me were of one spirit, they're one heart, they're one mind. And I was able to explore God and go to the places where he wanted me to go. And the places that I went have not got anything to do with the church. The actual places that I found God were outside the cathedrals of the world. They were outside the pastor's understanding. They were totally removed from the eldership's view of things. And I've spent my life basically in a spiritual wilderness alone with God because no church would ever allow me in the doors. And if they did once, there was not a second time. Why? Because I would tell the truth according to the Holy Spirit at the time. And lately, what I've come to realize is there is an exodus taking place. It's an exodus from the visible church. The halls are being emptied of believers because God has left the building. And now he's a different place. In order to find him, you have to go to where he is. And this is the process that's happening right now. And it's a process that is spoken of in Revelation chapter 12. It's the birthing of the man-child. The church cannot contain us any longer. We need to breathe on our own. We need to be separate from the mother of the church that we see now so that we can do the work of the ministry. We can no longer remain within the church because our calling is to do something that the church cannot do. The church is flat on her back, in pain, travailing, in no condition to do anything. We need to come out, because if we don't, we all die. We need to come out and defend our mother, or else the dragon's going to eat her. And this is the spiritual fulfillment of that prophecy in our church age. Now, that has a literal fulfillment mm -hmm. in Israel, and we're only here because of their unbelief. But for our day and age, that's what that means. And we need to be joined together, and we need to come out of the church so that we can stand up and take on the beast, so we can deal the death wound to it. We need to do this. 
It's not a maybe. It's not a if we want to. It's a divine calling. And you hear it. You understand in your spirit what I'm talking about. This is the day. This is the time. This is the birth of the man-child. And it is happening all around their worth right now as I speak. We are coming out and we're not a child that has to be protected. We're a fully formed fighting machine. We have the sword of the spirit in our right hand and we're going to do some business on the beast. We are living in incredible days. Yeah, we are. Anybody who wants a piece of this is invited to the table. You are chosen of God. Why do you think you're listening to me today? Who else is going to tell you this? Why did you even find me amongst all the stuff out there? I'm heralding a momentous event that is a divine calling in your life. And you are chosen because you are hearing this. This is not a chance meeting. This is a divine moment in your life where you can choose to be something incredible in God. I am very excited about what's coming. I feel it. I sense it. I cannot help but know that it's coming. And I'm so happy because I've been waiting so long for us to come back to the River Jordan and get going with God to where he originally wanted us to be. I want to go over to the Promised Land, but I can't do it alone. I may have spied it out, but I can't just go and take it. Mm. It requires you so. too. And that's why I'm doing this. This is why I want you to follow God, because I know if you follow God, then this is going to happen. Yeah. And it's vitally important that you do what he wants you to do and be where he wants you to be with whoever he wants you to be with. And the only way to really know that and to get there is to really know his voice. His voice is not difficult to know or understand. Jesus promised that his sheep would hear his voice. Sometimes we work so hard to try to hear. I hear Christians yes. say, I've been praying and God is not speaking. Don't set a preconceived idea about what his voice is going to sound like. It's a voice that is going to be recognizable. Yes. And it's going to be more in your spirit than it's going to be in your ears. But trust that God is going to speak to you in a way you can hear because he wants you to hear his voice. It's like picking up a phone before we had somebody's face pop up on a picture on it. And you'd say hello, and they would say hi. And you know who it is just from that one word. Yeah, exactly. Because you've heard them. You've had conversations with them. You know what their voice sounds like. God will take you there because God wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to recognize his voice. It's his desire for you. And yeah, we know that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Yep. And if he hears us, then we have what we've asked. And we are praying his will when we ask that we would learn to hear his voice. And that's so important. From here until the time when we all go home, it's very important that each of us hear his voice. And when we do hear it, do what he asks us to do and trust him. Because his ways are not our ways, sometimes we just can't figure out how in the world this is going to work. We can't figure out yeah. where in the world he could be taking us. But it's not for us to always understand. It's just for us to obey. And we can trust him. And when he puts you somewhere and with someone, don't allow anyone to tear that apart. Take it very seriously. Yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be amazing. You know, there's going to be some hardship. But I remember that even when Ezekiel was looking out over the destruction of Jerusalem, 
God went and marked those who sighed and cried for the sins of Israel, and they did not perish. Hmm. I know that David, who had a lot of troubles, died with a beautiful woman in his bed at an old age. He didn't die from treachery. He didn't die from battle. Mm -hmm. He died in the comfort of his own bed, respected by the people around him, and his son took the throne. You know, it ends well for us. It does, yeah. Yes, we're going to love not our lives unto the death. Yeah, we're going to keep the faith. And however God does it, it's going to work out well. God will get us through. Don't let the things of this world dull your vision in God. Just because people offer you stuff doesn't mean you give up your divine calling. All this is burning. All this is going to go away. Nothing you have on earth is going to go with you except your obedience. Make it count. Do something that God actually calls you to do and be single-minded about it. Let God join you with the people that God wants to join you with. And don't put asunder the things that God does in his spirit. Hear only his voice. Do only his will. Be a child of the Most High. Let your light shine like the stars of the heaven. Be God's image to this falling world so that they can know that there is a God, that there is a salvation, that there is a way that you can have fellowship with the Most High. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, that's about all the time we have for this edition of God's Love Club. We thank you that you've stayed all the way to the end. You are an intrepid soul and you get a gold star. I think that the way that you can appreciate what God is doing here is to play it forward. Yeah, definitely. If you know somebody who would benefit from hearing this word of God, give them a link. Spread the word. Yeah. You know, what I want is people to know the truth of God and what he's doing today. So play it forward. Do your part. It doesn't cost very much and it's very very effective. Yeah, I mean, right. we have people all over the world now that is hearing this message, mm-hmm. and you can be a part of spreading it. So That's thank right. you very much. We appreciate it. We love you. Yeah. You're going to have a great seven days. Mm-hmm. God's going to do some spectacular thing if you listen here and obey on time. That's right. Okay? Amen. It's Michael and Christy saying goodbye from God's Love Cup. Have a great week. See you later. Bye. Bye.